Welcome everyone to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number. 928-428-9494. Happy Thursday everybody. Hope you're having a good day. It's supposed to be crazy weather out there today. Wind gusts up on the mountain. It's supposed to get up to 50, 50, 55 miles an hour up on the mountain. But down here I think we're supposed to hit wind gusts around 40. It's, it's supposed to be windy today. So you batten down the hatches. Make sure your garbage cans are secured. Garbage can, singular. We don't have multiples now. Um, and, and just so the trash doesn't flow everywhere. Hope you're having a good day. I am. My guest today is someone, I've said this multiple times. I truly, truly believe this. Maybe the best judge of talent I've encountered in my almost 30 years of uh, journalism is uh, Sanford City manager John Casella. You talk about somebody, I don't know what it is, but you spot the right person for the right job. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the air. I've said this behind your back every time. Your selection of department heads is phenomenal. Your track record is outstanding. And we were just talking about one before we went on the air, uh, Cameron Atkins out at the airport. What a great choice. Well, thank you. Yeah, we do have a great team and we've added some really excellent people. And obviously, you know, as you said, we were just talking this morning about Cameron, what he's doing out at the airport. And um, he's been very busy even looking at things like air service and infrastructure and updating our rules and regs. So he's been very active in, you know, the time he's been here, he's accomplished a great deal. But it's not just him. It's it's Jamie Embick at, at Community Planning. It's it's Chief Avila with the police yep. department. Yep. And and boy, Danielle Palma in HR doing a great job. I've not I've not yeah. interacted with Danielle only she, at like Oktoberfest. Yeah, she is excellent. She got an excellent shop, and and again, uh, most of the department heads that we've been talking about are doing a lot of innovations. The processes we're using in HR on onboarding, I go and I meet with the employees every Monday. That's something she came up with. We did internal salary surveys. She did it all in house. We we uh, with council's help passed a a comprehensive program for salaries and benefits, and, and we overhauled the whole system. So again, she's been very integral in doing that, so very active. So yeah, we have a lot of good, our utilities director, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of very active people. Yeah, it, it's it's really a great team, and it's fun to watch, because I I assume you've been in, because you've, you've been in multiple places where, where it's maybe dysfunctional might be a good word to use, um, I, I've I've covered cities where it's been chaotic, and and I assume at some point you've encountered maybe not your municipality but a neighboring municipality where you could just see nothing's working right. Oh and, yeah, and it's something that you work on. And again, the selection of the people uh, is key because let's face it, you know, I'm one person, right? So a lot of what we do is dependent on our department heads and their expertise and. Uh, we meet on a regular basis every Tuesday. We go over things and we, we address issues as a group. So instead of saying HR address this issue, public works address that issue, we try to put the issues in front of everyone and say, hey, what do you guys see? You know, and try to um, make it a, a, as good a policy or a program as possible. So we get a lot of input before we ever bring anything to city council. Uh, we were talking about the airport before we went on the air. I have to stress how much I love what Cameron's doing out there. 
Yes, the air serving general aviation as well as trying to get in commercial air service, which which has been brought before council for discussion purposes. Um, but it's it's the development of an air industrial park that really has me excited because even though that's not sexy, you know, people want to see airplanes. They the reality is that's going to do more to help our community. The the air industrial park than however many airplanes come in. While we want the airplanes, I, I want to stress that. We especially want service. That air industrial park will be a huge, huge driver for the economy here. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Cameron recently went to Las Vegas. So part of what we're trying to do is let people know we're here, right? Job number one is to say, hey, we're here. Uh, we've got businesses out there that are already expanding, right, and, and making uh, facilities out there. We've got a new company coming in, uh, BF Goodrich, that we're going to put out there. Now, FAA has come up with some new guidelines that may make it a little bit more difficult to get those businesses out there, but it's just another step in the process. But there's a very strong focus on trying to bring businesses out to the airport, and, and the, the best way to do that is to go out into the world and say, hey, Safford's here, and present that information. So he's been doing a lot of work with that as well. So that'll be two at the, at the industrial park yes. thus far? Yep, so far. Yeah, and and it really is only beginning stages, and yes, less than a year, two tenants already. That's huge. Yep, and and the thing is that we have direction on where we may want to go with other tenants as well. So again, part of that is done by going out and saying, "Hey, we're here." Part of that is going out and seeing what other airports that are similar to ours are doing, learning from what they've done, learning what they did to bring in businesses, learning what mistakes they made so that we don't have to make them, right? And then put a, putting something in place. Comprehensively, that's geared towards saying, "Hey, it's a good place to come and do business." I I know I didn't talk to Cameron, but I talked to Danny Smith, who went with Cameron on that trip, and uh, I believe you get, they stopped at uh, Kingman Airport, correct? Which is an airport I'm familiar with. I know their economic development director, and uh, maybe is the model for the state on on how to do a good air industrial park along with its airport. Uh, so yeah, if you're taking cues from there, you're, if you're taking cues from Bob up in Kingman, you're in good shape. Yeah. And in fact, when Cameron made the, his most recent presentation to council, he discussed the stay over in, uh, in Kingman and some of the things that he was looking at out there. So yeah, he already has been in contact with them. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. Um, I guess the other big thing for, for this week was the decision, not the decision, the direction by council to, uh, develop the new park at 8th and Discovery Park Boulevard all in one chunk rather than go in phases. Correct. Uh, that We've talked about this, you and I. I love that park. I, again, I see it as an economic driver because of that, that amphitheater, the food truck court. I see a lot of opportunity for the city to utilize that park in ways that maybe we don't think of as park space. Is, uh, am, am I alone in that thinking or? No, and I think part of what we did was we tried to garner public input, right? So we created a Parks and Rec Committee Council, uh, identified members, and the idea behind that committee was to go out into the community and say to them, what is it that you would like to see at the park? And so the Parks and Rec Committee has been with us every step of the way. And essentially, originally, two parks were originally designed. So when we went forward and we did the one park, 
we tried to combine the amenities from both parks that were under discussion into the one. So there, there's a lot of different things going out there, like food truck, food courts is, is a nice thing to have, right? And then the band shell and splash pads and pickleball courts. And of course, you'll have ramadas out there and uh, lots of playground areas. So when the park itself was designed, it was designed with input from the community to say, what are the kinds of activities, what kinds of assets would you like to see in the park? And of course, they're 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 coming to fruition now. Uh, does does a food truck court out there necessitate a change in the city's food truck policies? So right now, uh, trucks are limited to X number of days per year, and uh, there are limitations on where they can set up. Uh, you can't be on a city street, for example. It has to be in a, a off street. Right, somewhere right um does that does that mean you have to come back and and look at relook at those regulations yeah i think we do in fact i brought that up with our community development director already and i think we would have to come back and take a look at that because now you have a special use case right um so yeah i think we would have to come back and revisit those and again the i think the original design of those codes were somewhat restrictive when we recently revisited them about two years ago, we made it a little less restrictive. And I think with the food truck food court being at the park, I think we'll be looking again at trying to open that up, right? Because the idea is to regulate, you know, to a degree, but you want to also encourage that, right? Because it's another amenity for the community. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll have to look at that and see what we need to change. I had a, a wonderful discussion with Ben Brown, the owner of Fancy Pizzeria in the city of Safford. And I... I said, you know, I sit on the downtown association board and I always worry about events with food trucks because people love food trucks because it's chances are we're going to eat something that's not available here normally, you know, on a daily basis. But I never want to harm anybody who's invested in a facility, in a brick and mortar restaurant. Sure. And, and Ben's answer kind of surprised me. He said, you know, if it's a single-day event, I'm going to take a hit because everybody's going to want to go to Isabel's or Big Tech's or Doug's. You know, they're going to want to go there. But if it's a two-day event, he goes, I'm fine. He goes, I, I know I will do enough business to cover me for those two days because nobody wants to eat it at the same food truck two days in a row, just like they don't want to go to the sure. same restaurant two days in a row. Yeah. So that, that opened my eyes to the opportunities that food trucks bring. Sure, and I think that proximity to the event, right, is a big driver in terms of, of where you're going to go and eat. And then the, and the other opportunity is, you know, I mean, if you're thinking about it and you're a business owner, maybe even if you're a brick and mortar, maybe the idea is maybe you have a food truck as well. Maybe that's something you look into making in addition to what you're already doing. That's a possibility as well. So hopefully, depending on the nature of the event, right, and um, events happen at a specific point in time, but then there's every other day of the week that, you know, people will then go back to the bricks and mortar. So the percentage of a time where an event would draw somebody away from a brick and mortar is pretty small relative to, you know, 365 days in a year, basically. Right. Um, I, I'll be honest. I always thought the, the non-city street regulation – Bothered me in one single instance. Um, Saturdays on 8th Avenue, where you've got either uh, the football games, the, the a AYSO. No, that's soccer. AYF football that's happening at the middle school. Mm 
uh, or they're, the kids are playing basketball at the Raglan Court. I always thought that'd be a good place for a food truck. Yeah. Uh, but but the regulation says no, it can't because it can't be on a city street. That was the only one that I ever had an issue with. Otherwise, I like them out there, but I I really want to make sure that El Coronado and El Charo and Casa Manana and Fancy Pizzeria are protected. You know, sure, I, sure, yeah. And again, I think proximity is key. I mean, you don't want to park in out in front of the the bricks and mortar either. Uh, but I think food trucks are part of the landscape at this point, and so I think. Um, generally speaking, when you go to a food truck, it's under different circumstances, right? So if I'm going to lunch during the day, you know, maybe if there's a place where food trucks are, people may do that. But a lot of people go to the downtown and their uh, usual restaurants that they go to. I know I go out to lunch quite a bit. So I, I think there's enough to go around. And again, I think regulations will play a big part in, on what that ultimately will look like. Uh, before, Also, before we went on the air, you mentioned, uh, you talked about the utility costs. Now, any resident and it's not just Safford Thatcher was experiencing the exact same thing and, and co-op members um, you guys got hit with some pretty significant costs over the last two and a half three years yes uh, natural gas just went crazy and obviously you you took as much of a hit using reserves as possible but rates went up Correct. Yes. yes, twice actually. Where where is the city on that as you're going forward now? Well, we've already rolled back the second rate increase that we put in place. So I think as of November, uh, the rates that we're charging were cut back in half in terms of the increase portion of what we had done. We'll be looking at rolling back the second half in the spring if revenues continue to do well. Uh, the problem that we ran into, and the rates are designed to be adjustable. We have something called a PPA, a power purchase adjustment, and it's designed to do exactly that because I can't sell $10 gas for $5 and keep the utility operating. We've got infrastructure and so on. So what actually happened was around this time last year, there was a huge spike, massive spike in the cost. And so, um, so for example, we spent in one month on gas in our gas department then we budgeted for the entire year. Well, that money has to come from somewhere. And so we tried to make sure that we maintained our reserves and we made those rate increases uh, to help us maintain that. Now, since it was a spike, it comes back down the other side, right? So now we're starting to, to follow that decrease, hence the reduction in the second increase rate. And now rates have stabilized relatively low, which means moving forward, we probably will be able to put that rate back to where it was. Now, again, we'll have to do rate studies at some point in the future, usually do them every five years because the cost of doing business like for anyone goes up. But we will be looking at rolling back in that second rate increase probably sometime in the spring. For those that aren't aware, Safford does, you're, Safford's unusual. You do all the utilities. Yes, we do. Uh, which is convenient for residents like me. I just pay one bill. It's a hefty bill, but I pay it. Um, other communities don't necessarily do that provision. Um, it's not just those that use natural gas, you know, whether you've got a natural gas stove or I don't know if anybody has a natural gas water heater around here. Yeah, they probably do. Uh, do they? Yeah. I, I don't know. Ours is electric, but yeah. um, I back in the midwest all, all of our stuff was natural Mine's gas. natural gas yeah oh okay uh, but it's also electricity because most of the electricity that the city of safford buys is generated by natural gas correct 
Yes. So when that spike went up, it wasn't just, oh, my the natural gas portion of my utility bill went up. It was my electric and gas. Correct. And so what we're doing in that regard is just like any portfolio, if you diversify it to minimize risk, you're better off. So currently on the electric side, we're in a, a an agreement with SPA, and there's currently a construction of a solar uh, field that we will be buying electric from in the future. So we've, we're on the books for 10 megawatts of solar. So that will help us to diversify away from just having natural gas power generation. And then we recently applied for a grant through the federal government where we may be able to put in a solar field of our own to supplement even further um, the use of solar power to, to run the city. So um, that's currently in the pipeline. We don't know where we stand with that, but we're trying to connect that up with the, the construction of a new substation. So again, the idea is to continue to try to diversify that portfolio, use solar. So depending on where the market is, It'll be our own portfolio. We'll be selling power back to the grid, which we do for most of the year. Usually in the summer, we end up buying because of the, the, the spike. But if we have more solar, we'll be able to say, well, we're going to use our cheapest power first, and then the more expensive power will sell back onto the market. I know when uh, Senator Cinema was in, we were talking about that. We were both at, at that. She talked about collaboration and how collaborative efforts tend to get more play on Capitol Hill with with the city of Safford looking at finding some funding to develop its own solar farm. Has there been any talk of partnering with Thatcher and the co-op as maybe a way to make it not countywide because the tribe wouldn't be involved, but as close to countywide as possible? Yeah, we haven't really had a discussion on the solar because it's new to us too, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're trying to get a sense of you know, if we get a solar grant, what is it? What does it look like? How does it make its way on and off the grid? How do we maintain it? Right. So we're in the process really on our own of learning what it means to do that. Down the road, there may be the ability to have those discussions, you know, once we get settled in on how it works and then depending on how much power we have. Uh, Thatcher already is a member of SPA, which is part of the solar field that's going in in Box Canyon. So they are already the recipient of solar power currently uh, through that consortium that we're part of. So they're already benefiting from solar. But certainly, you know, that possibility could exist if we have more power than we need and SPA really manages that power. You you know, we do uh, intra-organizational transfers within SPA. So if we have more juice and someone else needs it, we can sell it to them. So in a way, in terms of Thatcher, they're already on, on board because it's part of the consortium that we're already a part of. I just see this administration loving this kind of thing uh, and whether or not they could fund it, who knows? You know, that's- well, regional solutions are always more cost effective. And we've been having discussions, for example, on sewer, you know, the wastewater idea. And in Arizona, obviously water is precious, right? So if we're generating a lot of effluent, because as a water company, basically is how, what we are in some sense, and we're selling that to uh, non-residents of Safford, well, there's a lot of effluent out there that could be coming back and being reused. So as we're doing with the county fairgrounds, where we're now going to use the effluent instead of potable water, 
Um, there's an opportunity maybe to do some kind of regional um, sewer treatment of some kind or, or funneling of the effluent to the sewer treatment plant and then be using more effluent to do things like watering grass or, or whatever whatever the case may be. So again, there's more opportunities than even just solar. It would be nice to have a discussion on on the treatment of effluent as well and see, hey, can we cut down on that use of, of the potable water? I know town manager Vernon Batty over in Pima has talked about, it brought it up to the to his town council, whether or not to partner with Safford on wastewater treatment because they've gotten word uh, that their treatment option, which are ponds right now, right. Um, I think they he said they're at 60% capacity. Mm-hmm. And once they get up to like what seventy seventy five percent Department of Water Quality uh, ADEQ ADEQ excuse me not water quality uh, basically comes in and says okay you got to come up with another way to treat and by the way we're not letting you do ponds yeah so uh, I know they're they've talked about it but but that's a hefty expense because you're talking about pump stations and Thatcher I think has no intention of partnering at the moment yeah we haven't had specific conversations with thatcher but i think it's the onus is really on the city of safford to say you know here's a plan let's come up with a plan let's come up with a design let's look at there's a lot of money out there right now federal money can we get federal money now as you brought up Senator Senator Cinema had discussed the fact that cooperative activities are more likely to be funded. Well, if we can put a design together and we can talk about how that might be implemented, number one, it may interest more people, right? Because it's something concrete they can look at and see, well, what is the impact, right? Because everybody wants to know what the impact is on their community. And then secondly, if we come out as a group with a plan that's regional, it may make us far more attractive for grant funds, which means a big portion of that project could potentially be funded by federal dollars. I, I'm looking at that new park that Thatcher is developing, beautiful park, uh, and it's going to need a hefty amount of water. Right. And and that's where treated effluent comes into play. But I think you and I have talked about it. The current Safford wastewater treatment plant isn't near capacity because there just aren't enough users. And bringing in those outside communities could get the plant up to capacity to make that effluent available, that treated effluent available. Right. And then ultimately, yeah, there's capacity. I think currently the system that is in place at the uh, wastewater treatment plant is running about half capacity. And then, of course, you have to have the infrastructure to distribute the effluent once it's created, right? So, but again, you've got things like WIFA and there are grant funds that we can use. I mean, the college uses a lot of water. Maybe there's some changes that could be there in terms of how, how the grass is, is watered. You know, again, it's up, uh, up to the college. But, um, but yeah, we've got capacity at the wastewater treatment plant and, and there are opportunities for us to maybe be using more effluent. I mean, obviously, with all the issues that surround water, we should be focusing on it. And so, in actually at the city, we started over the past couple of years and we began to introduce ideas like uh, conserve to preserve, right? And so we're looking at ways that we go into the schools, educate kids on how to use less water and so on. And um, the, the other night at the council meeting, um, our um, 
gas division manager made a presentation about rebate programs for if you buy energy efficient gas appliances, we'll give you a rebate on those. So again, the idea is let's be good stewards of that resource because we know it's precious. And if you want to say, hey, we have a, a lifestyle and a culture that we'd like to be here 50 years from now, 70 years from now, we need to start looking at that today and doing things that get us in a position to make sure that that's there down the road. 428-9494 if you have a question for City Manager John Casella. Going to take a quick break. Back right after this. Welcome back to Voice of the Valley in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. John Casella, City Manager for the City of Safford, is here. We're talking about all things Safford. Uh, I've noticed uh, on my social media, there's a lot of talk about um, solar companies. Uh, I've seen it. They're affiliated with Graham County. They're affiliated with City of Safford. Who else were they affiliated with? I've, I've, maybe State of Arizona. And I'm looking and I go, That's, it, it's not for real, no. right? No, it's not. Yeah, it, it feels like one of those scams. Right. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what. I had one video get sent to me directly where they were claiming a relationship with the city in terms of solar installations. We don't have a relationship with every, any private companies for the installation of solar. Um, and so if someone comes to the home and, and makes that statement, I think the first thing you need to do is find out what the company is, get their card, uh, because we do not have any special relationships or relationships with solar companies doing installation. Now, we facilitate the installation of solar equipment on homes. It, it's something that we, we inspect and, 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 and we're, we support that, but there is no special relationship with solar companies. It's, it's no different than doing any work on your home, right? A building inspector has to come out and double check right, it. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I assume... Well, I, I know talking to Jamie Ambeck, the community and planning uh, director, uh, at some point there's going to be fire inspections uh, if you've got a home-based business involving chemicals, as there should be, um, because the fire department needs to know what's in a house if there's a fire. You know, I the last community I was in, I your previous community was Sierra Vista? Uh, actually, I was in Herndon, Virginia. Virginia, was, okay. Yeah. Um, our, I was in Lake Havasu and big pool community. They needed to know every house that had pool chemicals because when there's a fire, that's a danger for the firefighters. Right. It's the same thing here. Oh, yeah, and we've been focusing on that because when, when I came in, uh, I noticed that the state really had responsibility for doing it in their stretch from a resource perspective. So we sat down, we talked with their folks, and, and it was clear that we weren't going to get too much headway on that side. So working with Jamie and Beck in community development, we decided to do some in-house training. Now, at one point, we had a, a fire chief that had that skill set. We don't have that now. Uh, and so it kind of fell by the wayside. So now what we're doing is we're training staff in the community development department to get trained to do that service. So we'll be providing that service from that department. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes, which means you have to come back so we can talk about more. Um, I have to give credit to the city of Safford as well on, and I had Jamie on earlier this week along with Andrew Bell, uh, not a code enforcement officer, a community officer. And instead of penalizing residents who are struggling, uh, 
you're helping residents who are struggling with the uh what was it the dump trailer i think is what they call it we've got a dump trailer for individual properties so you can come and and especially if you've been cited you get priority um there's a relationship that's been developed with some nonprofits. so if you're not capable of doing the work that's necessary hopefully we can get that help for you and then in addition to that there's a community pride days that we've been doing for quite some time and we recently coupled community pride days with a neighborhood cleanup so we put dumpsters out we took appliances tires so that's the second level of that program where now we're going to try and see if we can get people to clean up their yards and again as part of community dump days it just becomes something we come and get it and we'll dump it right and that was very very successful so we'll see more of those as we go forward I just like it because the communities I've been in, it's always been stick and this is carrot. Yes. And and other than safety, um, again, pools, you, you don't have a fence around your pool, that fence is going up or there's a penalty. Yes. I mean, no playing around. I just like it. it it's, it's a positive approach to city beautification rather than a negative approach. We're not going to penalize you. We're going to help you. Well, I have to give a nod to the community development director because Jamie kind of came up with the program and she went out and found it in other communities. And uh, the council had been requesting it, you know, and we were trying to figure out how to do it. So she came up with a program that had multiple levels. And then we want to do another level, too, which hopefully we can get some funding for blight where you literally are maybe updating, uh, cleaning up properties to make them available for redevelopment. So there are multiple levels to the program. But she came up with it. They went out, got the trail. Our new code uh, person, um, Andrew, is excellent. Uh, so now we're proactive. He's going through the, the community on a regular basis. So it's not just reacting to a complaint. We have someone out there looking around. And, and again, the codes are not always people's favorites. But many times the codes are there for public safety, for the impact on other people around you. So again, and some of it's as simple as cleaning up weeds, right? And, and moving a vehicle and, and some of it can be more serious. But now we have a proactive approach to going through the community on a regular basis and looking at different areas to make sure everything's okay. The best thing I saw about it was uh, people outside of the city complaining that they don't have access to it which I think is a testament to how good of a program that is, that uh, folks in the unincorporated areas are going, why can't I get this? There you go. And see, it's good. We're having good dialogue, positive feedback. That's what you want. You want to, you know, when I get calls for, I had a gentleman call the other day, there was a pothole, some kind of sinkhole that developed near a telephone pole. Well, those I take very seriously. We get on them right away and, and we get them taken care of. John Casella, City Manager for Safford. Thank you so much. We will schedule another time because I love talking this. Great. Look forward to it. And thank you all for listening. I'm out of here for now, but I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great day.